Have you ever been encouraged before? Do you have an encouraging story or a testimony that you would like to share with others? Well, this is what we do here on the Encouragement for a Podcast. Here people come and share an encouraging story or a testimony on how they overcame a tough season, how God has blessed them, and how they're able to move forward. We've all been encouraged once before, so why not encourage one another? Pass it on to someone else. That's where Encouragement for it comes from. This is your host, Jarkeisha McGahey, also known as Coach Sunshine Jam. Make sure to tune in to this next episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Encouragement for a Podcast. On today's episode, I will be interviewing Tasha W. But before we get started, let's start off with the word of prayer. Father God, we just come to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Despite any hiccups, despite anything that has tried to keep this interview from going as smoothly as you call it to go, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for bringing us together for this opportunity to be able to just share another encouraging story and testimony, Lord God, to show your great work that you have done within us, Lord. Father God, we just love you with every fiber that's within our being. We thank you for all your many blessings you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Father God, as we have this interview, let it go the way that you call it to go. Let what needs to be said be said, Father God, and may it encourage whoever receives it, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for your many wonderful blessings, and we ask all these things in your daughter's son, Jesus Christ, wonderful, magnificent, and glorious name. Amen. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so... um... Tasha W is short for Tasha Wilson. So yes, it's my real name. Um, (laughs) I uh, was born on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, really small, close-knit community. But then once I decided to go to college and then explore life outside of that, I moved to Baltimore, Maryland, and I stayed. And uh, for me, I feel like I really unpacked or unveiled who I really am once I moved, once I, you know, was leaving what was comfortable, what was familiar, and really taking the time to get to know who is Tasha? Um, Why do I function this way? Why do I think this way? Why do I behave this way? And really just kind of unpack the layers of what everyone else knew me as or what everyone tried to identify me as based on family history and things like that. But then really saying, no, this is who I am, like authentically. And so It really took that time for me to separate myself from everything that was within reach to really get to know the inner parts of me. And so through that, I use um, my books. I'm an author. I use um, my experiences as a way to empower other people. I'm a transformational speaker. Um, A lot of my messages really come from the form of identity, self-worth, love, um, purpose, Um, really understanding your value and God and, you know, what you're called to be in the earth. And then ultimately, I'm a coach. Um, I do group coaching for women. Um, I have a coaching program called Unmasking the Inner Me. And I also volunteer for the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network as a speaker. And I really help others um, advocate um, and also educate themselves about the effects of sexual violence. Oh wow, you you said a whole lot of a whole lot of things just did it, but it's all good things. It's like 
I'm like, wow. I was like, she's a coach. She's a speaker. As like, she's speaking in different ways. She's speaking in, you know, different communities and, you know, just helping the women. And it's just like, wow. And then I love the name that you have for your group coaching. Like, I was like, okay, I like that. Cause one of the things I know we all struggle with is identity. Mm-hmm. We all have, you know, things where we're trying to identify who we are or who everybody else has said that we are. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to break away from that. Because one thing I remember hearing in a, um, a message that our pastor gave one time, he was saying like how things follow you that may yes. have been said to you when you were younger all the way up to adulthood so you start believing those things because somebody said all this time like oh you'll never mount anything you'll never be able to do this you'll never mm-hmm. do that or you're gonna be like your mom or you're gonna be like your daddy or you're gonna do this and do that you're gonna be a statistic you know all these things yeah and you start <laughs> believing these things and saying like yes I am that and it's like no no you're not they're not what they, what they say you're who God says that you are so I love all the stuff that you're doing and even the, in the community that you're in too even with the the rape the incest in that community because that's something people don't talk about a lot of the things that happen to them or have happened to mm-hmm. them and so like I, I really commend you because I know it takes even a lot to do that yeah. because it may bring up if, if anything happened with you it bring up old feelings and not only that that it opens up a whole lot of doors to the stories you may even hear yourself so yeah. I'm just you know to know that God placed you in there that's like you're really strong <laughs> to be <laughs> in that and I know you're covered doing all of that because I know yeah. even with those feelings coming up that's one of those things that can you know bring up things within mm-hmm. within people or even bring spirits I guess they say upon you as yeah well. it's real <laughs> yeah so I'm just like, I'm like, wow, she's doing a whole lot. I, don't, I was like, I know how people are like, well, how are you going to do X, Y, Z? I was like, you know what? I had to step back from some stuff and be like, you know what? Let me focus on this right now. I said, Lord, I know you gave me that co- the coaching. I mm-hmm. said, but that may have to come back out next year. Exactly. And, and right now, just focus on this podcast and the big the big project I'm working on that I keep telling everybody about that I'm so excited about because I said if I, the more I put it out there it's going to happen and then I yes. keep getting confirmation it's going to happen but I'm having a summit yeah it's be encouragement sisterhood summit mm-hmm. that'll be in March I got dates and everything so this got to happen March yes. the 10th through the 12th of 2022 mm-hmm. and so um I'm like I'm nervous and excited even talking about it now I'm getting chills about it so <laughs> But it's just amazing because I always laugh when people, when God, I would talk about divine connections. Absolutely. And when you start saying with all the stuff you were saying, I was like, okay, I'm <laughs> I got, I'm gonna be reaching out to her later. And he keep because he keeps sending me the people that mm-hmm. I need. And even through this podcast is how this um it got birthed because yeah. of the different conversations that are being had and the different things. And he kept putting out mental health, mental health, mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in focus on not only providing encouragement, but also focusing on mental health. So I don't know how big he going to make it go and how all this is going to hey. do, but yeah. I know one thing, it won't be a one-time event. I have been told that in my spirit, that's like, this is not going to just be a one-time thing. This mm-hmm. is going to be a continual thing. So I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, this is so you. needed. Yeah. <laughs> so like listening to you, it was like, I was getting excited on the inside. So <laughs> yes. And like you said, when you know the dates and you write it down, he always talks about writing the vision and making it plain. So it's like, you're writing it down. You're trusting him with ordering your steps to do it. You know, it's going to happen. And you know, it's going to be like even more incredible than what you can even comprehend. So I love how God does things, sets things up like that, because when you least expect it, God's like, oh yeah, surprise, here you go. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's I was just like amazed because of the people that he sends. Like mm-hmm. you just never know like why you connect with somebody. Yeah. You know, why he, you know, like I put that question back out there similar again they were like people looking for speakers and things and I just put it in you reached out and it was mm-hmm. like okay I was like well and then and now we're interviewing like right now <laughs> like this soon so it's like okay and then I got more like confirmation this weekend I, this past week I had a conversation with somebody and she gave me a lot of insight and was like you can count on us as being one of your sponsors so it's like See? you know <laughs> like oh my goodness this is something beyond me something that I never mm-hmm. saw myself doing I never mm-hmm. thought about doing so. Right. <laughs> so I guess what um what what is one of your books that inspired by? So um so my latest book, um, I have three books out so far. I, I just finished my fourth one that's okay. gonna prepare for congratulations. Publishing. Thank you. That is prepared for um publishing. And so I'm excited about that. But um my third book. It's called Recognize Your Opponent When Your Greatest Enemy Is Your Enemy. And it really um, grabs hold of the thoughts that we've held captive and even um, self-sabotage. And so what I do, I share experiences of my life. So what you were saying, the message, you know, that you heard that the things that people say kind of follow you a little bit. And so I share my experiences of, of things that seeds that were planted in childhood, right? How it's always been a tug of war for me, right? Because you have the people in your life who affirm you, then you have the people in your life that just degrade you. And so mm-hmm. having that inner battle in your mind of which direction do I go? What do I really believe? And so it challenges you to really recenter yourself and say, but what does the word of God say about me? Who does God identify me as? And so really talking about how you dismantle those myths, how you unpack those boxes and then ultimately destroy them. And so in the front of the cover, it's literally me in a box. Um, I got myself in that box (laughs) (laughs) because I wanted people to really understand the feeling that you get when you're in a box that you've outgrown, you begin to suffocate. And so what do you do once you address those things, right? And so I always use this example of say you're moving into a new home and you have your boxes labeled, right? And it's like one on the box says kitchen and the other one says living room and so forth. So you know that the things inside those boxes have a proper place. But you just kind of look at those boxes. You don't do anything with them. You say, you know what? I'll I'll get to them later. Um, So you're not realizing the the stuff that you've allowed to pile up into those boxes. And so then months later, you're like, oh, the boxes are still there. So then you say, you know what? I'll get to it later. And then you start moving the boxes into different rooms where they don't belong. And so it's like, are you really addressing what's going on? Are you just pushing them into other areas, thinking that if I don't see them, I don't have to acknowledge them. But that's not true because it's going to resurface in other areas of your life. And so um, in that, you know, not only do I share my experiences, but I also challenge those who read it to have these questions at the end and where it gives you room to write about them. So I always talk about the power of unpacking and understanding that it's not just a one-time event. Like we continuously unpack certain things because as we continue to get older, we still endure different seasons. And so like, how do you deal with those seasons? And um, what do you remember about who you are in those seasons? And then once you learn the lesson, how do you help somebody else out in that season? So, yeah. Oh man, you, I was listening to that. I was like, wow. Because one of the things is we don't always talk about our inner thoughts. And it's something that always comes to me all the time. I even said it early when I was like um, praying and I said you know Lord my thoughts you know what I'm thinking and things that I'm doing because I know I have 
things I'll play over and over, things that I'm thinking or feeling like a certain way or we're hard on ourselves. And and it's one of those things that, like you said, we keep pushing it away. We don't necessarily address it. It's like, yes, you know, I go to counseling and that has really been a help. And I advocate for anybody to go see a therapist, a counselor, whatever you may need, because we all need to be able to unpack, whether it be through journaling, whether it be through, you know, through the word and, and on top or a combination of all of that. So just like listening to that, I was like, hold on now. I said, okay, I'm gonna have to save my panties up. Cause I was like, I need to go get, you know, that book because I keep trying to find something else to like get things out of my head, get different things out, you know, get an over the overwhelm of things going on in life from, you know, being a mom, being a wife, working mm-hmm. full time, running a business, doing all these things. But not only that, thinking about some of the things that have been said, mm-hmm. you know, in the past, some of the things that have been said currently to you and how you handle those and, you know, dealing with certain emotions from loss of mm-hmm. loved ones and different things. So you really said something like, we'll keep pushing stuff off to the side and be like, oh, I'll get to that tomorrow mm-hmm. or I'll get to that next week. And then a whole year be done gone by. That's just yeah. like how they say, when we make goals about our health. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I did bad. I'm gonna start over Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then I eat bad again. I'm gonna start over next month and then it'd be a whole year and then you'd be like oh man I haven't lost anything I haven't done or how we put stuff out there that we're going to do mm-hmm. or we're afraid to put stuff out there that yeah. we want to do because we're afraid of how it's going to come out and I'm <laughs> one of those that I'm guilty of that myself like I'll be like okay I got this idea but I don't want to put it out there I don't know if nobody's going to even want it so then exactly. you'd be like well and then that self like you said that self-sabotage come back in like who gonna listen to me who care about what I have to say and so I'm really like just listening to like that's deep because even like you said, having an area to write about it afterwards, after you sat there and unpacked all these things, because one of the things I think healing is also in the writing because mm-hmm. you're getting it out. It's something else you're not holding in as much. Yeah. You're getting some of it out versus mm-hmm. having all of it in and then it's consuming and controlling you. And then like they say, you just lash out on everybody else because mm-hmm. you're, you know, yeah. you're feeling some kind of way. <laughs> you're frustrated and you don't know what to do with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about a tough season you endured and how you overcame it. Let me tell you, I laugh every time someone asks me something like this, because honestly, everything that I've experienced thus far up until this point, people would be surprised. One, that I still smile. Two, that I still have hope and I give hope (laughs) to other people. And three, I'm not in a crazy house. And I say that because uh, my entire life journey has been unconventional in a way that once you hear my stories or you you find out where I came from, um, it's kind of like, wow, God can really turn this mess into a masterpiece. And for me, um, I tell people, um, and I often share this, um, depending on the spaces that I'm in, but like at the beginning of my birth, um, I was a surprise. And so I say that because like, uh, my parents, they already had my brother. Um, and you know, my mom as a woman, you know, noticed that some things were a little off with her body. And so, um, she had communicated with the doctors and they were actually, preparing for her to have surgery so at this point having more children was just going to be ruled out and as they were planning for this surgery and had it scheduled and everything she found out she was pregnant with me <laughs> wow so like, oh we're gonna put this on hold real quick you can't do anything <laughs> you know I bet she was like what <laughs> yeah very shocked and it was so funny because you know um 
my parents didn't know the gender or anything. They were just like, you know what? Um, we're just going to wait. And I was like, y'all have a lot of patience because I would be like, I need to know, you know? And so my mom was just like, you know, she was praying. She always prayed, you know, she wanted a boy first and then a girl. And she was like, you know, if God gives me another boy, then that's just his plan and not mine. I'm okay with it. And then, so it was just like the ultimate full circle for her. Once I came and they found out I was a girl, I was like, oh, great. So on her side of the family, I'm the first granddaughter. So that was big shoes to fill. And so already I dealt with um, negative self-talk from other family members because um, from the lineage and the generational curses and decisions, especially with women, um, a lot of people were trying to place that on me. You know, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. if you're the one that's the first granddaughter, so now you have to set the tone, but we think that you're just going to succumb to the pressures of everybody else that you know came before you and so it's like uh, okay and so what I really am grateful for is the upbringing from my parents um because they you know combated everything else that was said to be they were like no you know you're gonna have your own path you're you're not gonna be this you're not gonna be what they're telling you to do because if people had it their way I wouldn't be doing half the stuff that I'm doing now and so I'm like it's interesting how that happens but I will say um I forgot those things that my parents had affirmed to me at the age of 16 when my father passed away. Oh, wow. um, so he had lost his life from a work-related incident. It was something none of us were prepared for. It was one of those situations where, you know, he left early in the morning, kissed my mom goodbye, said, I love you, and we didn't see him anymore. And that shook me to the core because it was like the first man in my life who believed in me, who spoke life to me, you know, is not here. So what do you do? And um, for a while, I was so angry. Um, I was like, you know, God, why would you allow this to happen? What are we supposed to do? And now our lives were on display because being in a small knit community, everybody felt entitled to be in our business. You know, how are they going to respond today? How are they going to show up today? What are they doing? Are they processing this loss? I mean, we had news reporters and everything come to the oh, house. Oh, wow. It was a mess. And so <laughs> for me, I felt like the only way I could reclaim my power back was to go to college. And so that honestly was the root of the reason as to why I went to school. Not even the fact that I excelled in school. I was getting A's. I was on honor roll and everything. <laughs> None of that mattered to me. For me, it was a way of escape. And, you know, I went to college. Nobody knew my backstory, of, you know, who my dad was, what happened at work. Nobody knew that we were all on the paper. None of that mattered. And so here we are. I'm hit with something else. I am sexually assaulted by an acquaintance who premeditated this plan to take wow. advantage of me. And so I'm like, what do you do with perpetuated trauma at the age of 16 and at the age of 18? So for me, I broke. Um, I completely lost who I was. Um, I didn't love myself. I snatched all the mirrors down. I didn't even want to look at me. I felt embarrassed. I carried shame. I carried guilt. I felt like it was something that I did that signaled this person to think it was okay. Um, I was like, is it something I had on? You know, all these different questionings, placing the responsibility on me when it wasn't even my fault to begin with. But in that moment, I didn't realize that. And so um, I then began to withdraw myself completely from things that made me happy because I didn't believe that I deserved it. Um, and I felt like the weight that I carried 
with that experience would be too much for anyone to embrace me. And so I was quiet about it for a while. And the first person I shared it with was my best friend. Yeah, so that was the turning point for me. Um, my best friend being able to hold space for me without judgment. And her recognizing that something was different about my behavior, but she couldn't pinpoint what it was. She gave me that space to say, I'm ready. And this is what happened. And so for me, I found value in that. And I think it's so important if you notice something is different with someone, if you don't know how to approach them, pray about it first. And then, or, you know, pray for the opportunity to present itself. And so I'm glad that she didn't feel the need to come to me prematurely. And she gave me that space to say, this is what's going on. And once I shared that story with her, it was so freeing. And, um, you know, I started going to counseling. Um, I started journaling <laughs> again because I used to journal before. And so kind of gave me back to that place. And then I really started getting into my word. I really started seeking God's face like never before. And so I think it's funny how, you know, if they say you turn lemons into lemonade. I did just that. But I also made some pound cake with it, too, because, uh -oh. um, <laughs> you know, I feel like if I wasn't challenged in that area, I wouldn't have understood how essential it really is. And when I say that, meaning if I wasn't placed in a situation where I felt like someone distorted the vision of who I am, I would have never understood the importance of really discovering who I truly am in God and really understanding that my value is placed in him and not people and not things. And then ultimately recognizing that my value is not diminished because of what happened to me. It's a part of my journey. It's a part of my story, but it's not who I am. And so for me, it really challenged me to say, okay, Tasha, your worth is not placed on this situation. This person who did this to you does not have the power to control you or your life. And I had to understand the power of forgiveness, um, you know, forgiving him, forgiving myself, and then ultimately learning to love me all over again. Oh, wow. I was like, this is, you're, this is just powerful. I'm like, okay, she got some more coming as I'm waiting <laughs> till she keeps, let her keep on going. I was like, I was sitting here to think it, um, I was just sitting here because a lot of times when I'm doing my the interview, God gives me the title of the episode. So mm -hmm. I was just sitting here thinking about what you were saying and how you talked about identity and your value and that, you know, somebody else doesn't have that control of only God has that control and only you to believe what God says, who you are mm -hmm. and not what other people say that you are, because we, we're, we're very judging and we're very like, like you said, you went back playing that event. Like, what did I do? What kind of, what what did I give the sign to say, okay, this was okay to do. And I hear, I've heard that, you know, you know, when people tell their stories about, you know, being molested or being raped and different things like that. And sad to say, you know, it happens in families. You have your own, people have had their own siblings raping them. They had their uncles, they've had strained. And a lot of times they say it, the person that does it is normally not a stranger, somebody, you know, mm -hmm. it's somebody that has watched you. And then you, like you said, you go through that guilt and that shame because you're like, 
I'm damaged goods now. Like who's going to mm-hmm. have anything to do with me, with mm-hmm. me going through this? And it's a topic people don't talk a lot about because of the fact that they feel shameful or they feel like, well, how can I tell, how are they going to look at me if I tell them this? Are they going to mm-hmm. look at me a different way? Are they going to start judging me? And then some people feel like because you dress a certain way, it's okay. That mm-hmm. it's okay if somebody touches you inappropriately or if somebody, you know, does something to you, they're like, well, you were asking for it. And I know that's the thing that comes up a lot with people doing prostitution. They looking like, how are you going to say somebody end up raping you? And then it's like, this is what you do all the time. And then it's like, no, but that still doesn't, like they say, no means no. And somebody exactly. like, no, no means no. It don't matter yes. in the situation. <laughs> and some people, you know, feel, and then, you know, like now it goes also to thinking about human trafficking. People mm-hmm. are just getting snatched up off the street and you become a sex slave, basically. And people are like, you're a commodity now. Mm-hmm. You're not even looked at as just like a, a person. You're looking like dollar sign, dollar sign. Mm-hmm. So many kids, I look at the missing children's board and I'd be like, wow, like, yeah. Lord, are have they found these children? Are they still there? And then, you know, and it doesn't matter the age. They, I told somebody, they're like, oh, nobody gonna want me. I'm too old. I said, they don't care you money to them. They mm-hmm. wouldn't care if you old, young, to them. Somebody out there will want you. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just like hearing that. I always like think about the, 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 the effects of that and how we don't really talk about how it's not really put out because we in society have made it look like, oh, it's her fault yeah. instead of it being like, no, it's the person who did it fault. And I tell you, it's some sick, twisted people in this world and yes. people don't realize that like you never think that somebody's paying you attention like that. And then all of a sudden, yes, they are. You know, mm-hmm. something does happen. I mean, people don't care. But I just said the fact that you even at the age of 18, and when you open up to your friend, one key thing you said about God let you know when it was okay to talk to somebody about stuff. And that's one thing I tell anybody, like they say, you can't tell everybody everything and you can't have everybody praying for you, but he'll mm-hmm. let you know, like you could tell this person, they mm-hmm. can keep this. They're not going to go off and tell everybody their mama. Right. <laughs> and I said, that's one of the things I do love about what God does. He speaks to you, even in your time of trauma and turmoil and everything else that's going on God is right there speaking to you saying hey let me tell you this is what's going on this is how this is going to go and I'm still here like they say where is God in the midst of your trial where is God in the midst of your trouble where is God when these things are happening God never leaves God is not just sitting there like he's hurting too because you're hurting. And a lot of people feel like, well, God wouldn't let this happen to me if that there is also evil in this world. But you, mm-hmm. if you as you see now, all that has happened to you has led you to be where you are now that you are able to do his will yeah. to speak to his people, to bring more people to where they need healing and wholeness and wellness and all these things. Like God has really used you in many different ways. Like, it makes me think about if people really knew my whole like backstory mm-hmm. and one day I write it, maybe write it in a book and something he gave to me. And the other day I started actually writing down the, mm-hmm. um, the chapters or whatever, the titles mm-hmm. of them. And it's like, one of the things people don't realize, like you might not tell everything you tell majority of things, but some stuff you can't yeah, because of the people that are involved in it and, the, you mm-hmm. know, to protect them in that sense, not mm-hmm. saying like, not protect, but you don't want people to start looking at other people. Right. right. <laughs> so you kind of like, eh, maybe not yet. Maybe this will be something that get published when I'm gone or something. How to word that? But one of the things I do know, like they say, God gives you the right words to say what to mm-hmm. do and just to give the example. But like, I'm just like amazed to see like your strength 
mm-hmm. with all that you have been through like you said you lost the one man that you that the person that was showing you love besides mm-hmm. your heavenly father and then it's like well how am I supposed to do this and then you went in the spotlight and you're like I don't like this can I just have a normal life you like the yeah. celebrity, like just leave me alone like and then you have this tragedy that happened Mm-hmm. But both of those things and you going to counseling, one of the key things about they you sought help yeah. from a friend first and then you went and sought counseling and that helped you to start on this path that you're on. And here it is now you you've written four books. <laughs> you are coaching people you are speaking and you're speaking life and even to a community and volunteering in that area where people need to hear that to say like yes it's okay to talk yes it's okay to get your voice out there because one of the things even in our community we don't talk about that mm-hmm. we don't bring up those things until something happens and then boom everybody finds out you know, mm-hmm. about what happening to you. And then it's like, no, like that's <laughs> one of the things we need to break that cycle and mm-hmm. talk to people and bring it up and say, it's okay. Like we got to stop being that what happens in this house stays in this house. We got to start with all these different family secrets. So we can't talk about this and we can't talk about that because we sparing this one and we sparing that one. No, this is stuff that happens. And a lot of times mm-hmm. some stuff don't come out until somebody's dead and gone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's things that's going on that you want to know, like, why are you acting like this towards me? Why do you treat me this way? If mm-hmm. I remind you of that person, then let me know, mm-hmm. you know, what happened instead of you feeling the hurt and the pain and feeling like somebody doesn't love you and don't, don't care much for you because you remind them of the person exactly. that did, you know, abuse them mm-hmm. and things. I know that happens in a lot mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's so funny because when I was younger, I used to be very quiet. Like um, I always observed everything that was going on. I would pick up and started noticing other habits and people. And I'm kind of like, hmm, you know, why are they that way? Right. And it wasn't until I got older that, you know, going through all these experiences, it really allowed me to understand the value in my voice and so when I see things I started speaking up <laughs> more about it and you know I started asking questions and I really think that boldness just ignited from what happened to me because I didn't want anyone else to feel like I did you know a prison in their own mind to say I don't have an outlet to release what's going on um you know or I don't feel like there's a safe space that is created for me to open up. And so um, it's so interesting because a lot of family are accustomed to me being that shy, quiet girl. And so when they see me in this light, they're like, wait a minute, right? And so it still makes some of them uncomfortable, but the others, it's kind of giving them a newfound respect as to who I am. And I'm like, I've always been this person. I just had to start the process of becoming, you know, and I'm like, now that I caught that little flame to see, okay, this is who I am. I'm gonna keep going. Right. And so, um, it has now allowed some other family members to share their experiences of, um, rape and abuse. And I'm like, huh, God, this is what it's all about. You needed that one person who was willing and available in order for other people to say, okay, I'm now going to speak up about what's going on. And of course, you know, it it has not been to the magnitude of them wanting to to write books or anything like that, but just the fact that they were able to free themselves by sharing it with one person. And I think that's what makes the difference. Um, 
And I never knew that my life would be the way that it is now. And it would be like a turning point for so many people. But I look back and I'm like, wow, I am so grateful that even in my hurt, I still said yes to God because I didn't understand what was going on in my life at all. I just knew that I was bothered. I knew that I was frustrated. I knew that I was upset. I knew that I was hurt, but I didn't think anything good would come out of that. And so, like I said, I had to go back to my foundation, you know, reading the word, like there's scriptures for this. There's scriptures to address your pain. There's a word that'll help you while you're crying and you don't know what to say, you know, knowing that your cries are enough, that God hears what you, what you can't say verbally. And I think it's so important that as hard as it may seem, don't allow your heart to be conditioned to be cold, you know? And I think that's the important part is not allowing your situations to change your character. And so that's something that I really hold on to even now. Like, you know, if something comes against me, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to change who I am because of this. Like, this is temporary. Why am I going to change who I am, which is <laughs> more prominent than what's happening right now? Because guess what? Next week, it's not going to matter. Next year, it's not going to matter. It's <laughs> Tomorrow. So just, right. You know, five minutes from now. So it's just kind of like recognizing what is known as a trick or a trap from the enemy and send it back to where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's, you were saying some really powerful, because I was like sitting here, like, I guess in the sense, like, what is a, what is the, I was about to ask you, what is the main thing you would say to somebody who's in this situation right now that feels like they can't open up and they can't talk to somebody and what do they need to do to like reach out to them? Like what steps would you give them? Mm-hmm. So, um, the first step one is to acknowledge where you are. Um, I think sometimes we dismiss how we feel or um, and not provide language for it. And, and I'll even speak from the, the community of being Christians, Christ followers. A lot of times, you know, if something is going on, we're quick to say, it's okay though, because God is good. Or, mm, you know, I know the Lord fights my battles, but Yes, all of those things are true, but it's you still don't need to dismiss the humanity part. If you're upset, say you're upset. If you're sad, say you're sad. If you feel broken, say that, right? Because you got to acknowledge that. You can't expect God to heal something that you're not willing to confront yet, you know? And so I think acknowledging where you are is the first step. And then second, um, after you acknowledge that, you know, you have to make the decision, are you going to address it or are you going to wallow it? And depending on your decision will then lead to step three, which is to say, if I'm going to address it, what feels safe for me in this moment? So it could be, this is something that people think could be a little strange, but you know, after a while, once I return to my love of the mirrors, I'm going to talk in the mirror and say, look, <laughs> this is what's going on. Um, you know, writing it down, even if you don't journal and you just need to write it down on a piece of paper and then rip it up later and throw it in the trash, you know, do something where you feel safe enough to release it right then and there. And as you continue to follow those steps of acknowledging and addressing it and finding a safe space in that moment where you are, then it'll give you that stamina and that strength to say, okay, now who is that person? And I always call them the starting five. I think of like basketball where you have everybody has their own position. 
um, and at the start of the game on the team. And you have to think in your life, can I identify five key people in my life that I know that have the capacity um, right now um, who I know that when I say something to them, they're not going to judge me um, and they're not going to try to give me a bunch of solutions. They're just going to give me that access to talk. <laughs> and then, you know, if I do ask for a solution, then they'll give me one. So, you know, really knowing those five people or, you know, the people that are constant, because like I say, seasons always change, but you got to make sure that you have those five people that will remain no matter what season. If I'm going through my fall right now, are you still going to be my friend or are you mm -hmm. just only going to be my friend in the spring when things are blooming in my life? And so you got to really think about that. Yeah, you said a thing even when you said that you were like having your people that you know you can actually talk to, the people that are really there, the people that, you know, like all of our circles are different. You have these friends you might have forever. You have these people that you're like your church, I guess say church friends and outside, mm -hmm. but then you kind of know like, okay, because there are times when things are happening, be like, Lord, who can I get to pray for me? Right. Who will pray for me right now? Who could I talk to that I know will pray for me? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's not, you have your different circle of people or your sphere of friends here and there. Like, you know, like I know I got one best friend that I got two, take that back. My two very best friends that I've had a long time, they'll be ready to go. If something pop off, they're ready to go take somebody <laughs> out, you know. But I also know like they're both, their personalities are different. And mm -hmm. so I know how to address, you know, with one and the other. But then I also know like, okay, if I need prayer, who do I reach out to? And I have that set of people like, okay, Lord, I'm going through this right now. I need somebody to pray for me. And I'll be like, okay, pray for me. I, this is what's going on. And I would, even with all of them, I can be open and honest, but knowing mm -hmm. like who, you, like I say, you know what friends are there and what their purpose in a sense are and what you can do yeah. and how you can open up and how you all relate and mesh in some way. So it's good, like you said, to have, like I tell people, my circle's small. I don't have this huge mm -mm. <laughs> circle. Like you Not have these people that's like, girl, <laughs> let me tell you what's really going on. You got these people that if you say I'm only doing okay, they're going to be like, why are you only okay? What's going on with you? Like, tell right. me what's really going on. Like, why are you not good? Why are you not well? Why? Exactly. Because you know, we always be like, oh, I'm good or I'm fine. I'm mm -hmm. well. And it's like, no. And even me now I'm getting, I've been transparent, but I'm getting more transparent even in my mm -hmm. posts. Like when I took a break recently, I was like, I've been overwhelmed because yeah. I'm trying to do everything. I'm taking care of everybody but me. And mm -hmm. I just need to take a break away from social media. Mm -hmm. So I went away. And even during that time, like I even um spoke up, like even during your time of rest or you're trying to like rest, mm -hmm. your mind is still going and things are still going to come at you. It's not going to stop. It actually sometimes get worse. <laughs> I was yeah. getting clarity, but I was mm -hmm. also getting like beat down at the same time mentally mm -hmm. and everything else coming at me too. And I'm like, okay what is this I'm supposed to be trying to get things together so it's still like my husband told me if I had a whole day to myself I wouldn't know what to do <laughs> and I told him I was like I really wouldn't like as far as like because I'm always thinking about oh I need to do this oh I need to do that and like they said most time the only way you can really get that is if you go away somewhere that's not in your you know get away go somewhere <laughs> And so just sitting there thinking about, like I said, telling people to have, be selective in your circle of friends and the people that you know you can trust. I'm like, you very observant, sit back and watch stuff and be like, okay, yeah, I can't talk. I could talk to you, mm -hmm. but I ain't gonna tell you certain stuff because then you go around okay. and tell this person and that person and the other. Because right. you watch what goes around, around you. Like I'm a people, I'm a people person. I don't like to be around a whole lot of people, Yeah, but um. I'm very observant too. And people even say, they're like, you don't miss nothing. You don't forget nothing. I'm like, 
Well, yeah. that just my mama always told me to wear my surroundings, but I exactly. Do. And a lot of time, my my mind likes to remember the stuff that I shouldn't remember, mm-hmm. but that's what plays in my head, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. about stuff. Because I'll be like, "Yeah, didn't you say you got blah blah blah?" They're like, "No, you don't forget that." I was like, "Well, you said it the other day." <laughs> so, and what was funny is what you some you said earlier about you were the quiet one. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the opposite of you. If I get <laughs> quiet, people get worried. Mm-hmm. They're like. Okay, she's too quiet. What's wrong with her? What's going on? She, even like one of my old my coworkers, I still I don't work with him, but anymore. But that's like my work brother still. He's mm-hmm. been there for me outside of work doing stuff. So I still we still keep in touch. But he'll be like, when we were working together, he'd be like, JJ too quiet. JJ <laughs> over there plotting something. She up to something. Like why is she so quiet? And sometimes I just have quiet moments. And sometimes he was right. There mm-hmm. was something going on in my head, and I just didn't feel like talking. And sometimes I just want to be quiet. But some mm-hmm. people get nervous when I get quiet because they're so used to me being so talkative and mm-hmm. open and out and just you know. So when you said you were the one they always knew to be quiet, and then you start getting loud, they're like, "Hold on, who is this? Mm-hmm. Who are mm-hmm. you? Like what they got it? They basically they probably like, what they got in the hood? And she now she's talking and saying all these things and doing all this stuff. Like, all right, then like, uh huh." So mm-hmm. it just, I mean, just hearing like your story and how the steps you have and how the things have turned around, it's just like truly a blessing because somebody's going to need to hear this. Somebody may be sitting in that situation that this could have happened years ago to them. This could have just happened recently to them. This could have been, you know, we, nobody, nobody wants any of this to happen to anybody. I've just put that out there either. I'm just saying like, you could be this person that this message is just for you. One, you may be struggling with your identity. Two, you could be dealing with shame from something that you did or something that has happened to you. So th- this is what I talk about when I say God brings these divine connections mm-hmm. because you never know who needs to hear your story. Yes, yeah. there's some stories and some things that are kept better unsaid. And there's some things that it's like, no, I need to share this with somebody because like you said, you being that one voice in your family, open it up for other people to voice by not saying they got to publicly put out there, but you gave them that sense of freedom. God mm-hmm. used you to let them say, you know what, let me let this out so I can let this go so that I can move on mm-hmm. with my life and know that, you know what, this doesn't define me. And like, thank you for sharing your story. And now that person said, well, I'll share my story. And then that person said, they'll share their story. And, you know, even the resources in your book, mm-hmm. that's helping other people. They're getting healed. It's mm-hmm. healing happening. It's yeah. voices being heard. It's people <laughs> like, I they somebody may be on the brink of you know what I feel so bad I want to end my life mm-hmm. and then they hear you either speak or mm-hmm. they either get your book or somebody gives them your book and they start reading it and their life is transformed yeah yeah and it's it's it, I still can't even fathom it like I'm like wow <laughs> you know um and it's just so interesting because like you my circle is very small but I think people view me um in such a public position that they're like really her circle is small like no you know what I mean like I tell people all the time no matter the vehicle that's used whether it's my book me speaking coaching or just being at the right place at the right time that is my assignment don't get my assignment confused with you know my purpose right and I think sometimes people just kind of look like oh well you're supposed to have this whole entourage no I'm not (laughs) you know because even with what I have I know that what I have 
is essential and I got to safeguard that. So it's not, everybody's not supposed to have direct access. You know what I mean? Everyone is not privy to, to who I am, you know, mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And I think sometimes even with what you do, I'm pretty sure people just think that because of the things that you do, they try to make it seem like that's who you are. And you're like, not necessarily, you know? <laughs> and um, for me, my circle, they, they want to know how Tasha W is doing outside of the lights you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and so um I think it's very important so like even if there's someone who has an idea you know or a business they want to launch just be careful you know and having the right people in your circle but also in your corner you want people that don't want to view you as an opportunity but people who view you as the person that you are I like that a whole lot <laughs> I was like yeah this conversation that gave me chills and I'm here talking and things going in my head and I'm like see Lord that's why I say I always say I let him guide the conversation because I never know how it's going to go you give me a synopsis of what you're going to say but I never really know the depth of mm-hmm. how things happen how they went that's why I always like I like to know a little bit to know okay what am I opening myself up to too so that I could yeah. be able to receive it because one thing I just say, like, God, God is doing something in all of us. And we're all going through something. We all have something going on. We may not talk about it. We may not show it, but you just never know. And even just hearing your story and hearing when people listen to this podcast, the ones that listen, they're like, oh, wow, that really helped me for what I needed at that moment. So that's why I'm like, God, you know, even though this came in the midst of grief, a time of grief for me, yeah. but it was one of those things like, Lord, there are people that are out here that are hurting. They're needing to hear some words of encouragement. They need to hear some testimony. They need to, you know, we've all been through something. We've all been encouraged at one point in time. So it's like, let us share our story so that we can encourage somebody else so they can pass it on to the next person. And, then, and we can start what I want to have. Like I said, the encouragement for it moving, like pass it all. Like yeah. somebody's encouraged you, you know how you felt. So, you know, share it because we so often, like they say, God didn't give us stuff or bring us through stuff for us to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. He brought us to it so we could share it with everybody to share it so that somebody who needs to hear it will hear it and then they can go and share their story. And then also it brings more people back to him because mm-hmm. they'll be like, wow, God did that for her. Like, wow, God could do that for me too. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and to know that you can still have joy afterwards. Oh, and, yeah. you know, because I think sometimes there's that stigma um where people think as Christians we have it all together we don't I don't know who started that myth that lie um (laughs) no far from it (laughs) right or or people think that um because you went through so many things that you just can't find joy in your journey anymore and I'm like nah you know that's what redemption looks like that's what healing looks like and that's what restoration looks like and so I'm like again not by our own strength, you know, at all. And so it also gives you a moment to share who God is in your life with other people. Like, even if they weren't believers at first, but the fact that you gave them a glimpse of this joy doesn't come from me at all, you know, and, and explain to them. And then they're like, oh, okay. So it's like twofold, right? You share your story, but then you're also sharing the goodness of God in your life too. And then they're like, is that the secret sauce? You know what I mean? <laughs> like maybe I should get to know who this guy is, you know? So you just never know. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. 
So um, what is one question that you have for me? So one question I have is, um, I love the name of your podcast, right? And so I want to know, like, what inspired you to come up with that name? Well, it's funny because one time I was, um, I created a course that I put out there and I didn't like, I had it out there. Then I took it back because it was like nobody went trying to purchase it. So one of the things that um, I was, one of the, the titles of the course in there, like the very last one, it was called Encouragement Forward. So mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of, won't you go out? Like, it's like the equivalent of pay it for it. Like yeah. I said, we've all been encouraged one way or another. Somebody's encouraged you, you know how it felt. And I never knew this would be the name of my podcast. It was just like that one time I was like, well, if I make a podcast, even when I was debating like, I don't know about all that. Somebody else got a podcast and they got that. And then I was like, what am I going to call it? And I said, encouragement forward. And never knowing back then when I was making that, that that would be the name of the podcast. And like I said, it's more like pay it for Like they always tell me, pay it for I said, well, encouragement for Share encouragement. Encourage somebody. Some Everybody is going through something. They need some encouragement. They need to hear some encouraging words or something. That's one thing I even ask God every day. Like, Lord, who do I need to encourage today? Who needs to hear some mm-hmm. words of encouragement? I said, if it's myself, you know, mm-hmm. I just start adding like, if it's me, they need to encourage me, like right. they give me the encouragement that I need. Mm-hmm. But just to, like, that, that's, that just stuck with me. I didn't have to think about it. I changed the logo from one thing to another thing to now it's the logo. Like I have on my shirt with arrows are like pointing to like, we're moving forward. So, yeah. and so it's just like, that just kind of like the name that just fit me when he gave it to me. It was like, what am I going to call it? And then it was like, well, Lord, if I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. I told him whoever he wants me to interview, he will send to me. Mm-hmm. I said, if you don't send me um, somebody and I don't have somebody, then I'll, you gave me messages to share too. But I'll tell you this, he ain't been, every time I'm thinking like, okay, I'm getting on a dry spell. Mm-hmm. He started bringing me more people. And I'm like, okay, See? I guess what I'm going to do. So, and I was like, and then, so I know, um, one of the things is I just love hearing the stories and what people are sharing and seeing them walking in to their assignment and to their purpose and what God is doing. And like I said, he made me really start paying attention to the things I'm listening to and things that I'm hearing. And mm-hmm. like I said, the people that he's bringing, like whenever this, when this, well, not whenever, when this summit does happen, like you said, it's going to be something beyond that. I'm not even, you know, prepared for whatever's going to happen, but just the, the caliber of people that I've come across during this platform. I'm one, building relationships, and two, he's giving me what he needs for us to complete the assignment that mm-hmm. he's given me. And it's like, okay, Lord, this is really about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really going down. Like, it is. <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, I'm just inspired by like, no, it may not be like getting a thousand downloads every day, but the few people that do hear it, it's going to do what it needs to do. And the bigger it needs to grow, the bigger it needs to grow. It's all in his hands, however he wants it to go. And that's what it is. It's just like, I told people, this is God's doing. This is his thing. And I wouldn't have never, ever, ever expect any of this <laughs> to be happening. Yeah, that's the best way, honestly, when you just place them in his hands and let him do the rest. That's how I, I am. You know, people be like, what's your strategy? You know what? <laughs> I'm like, you, like- <laughs> you really want to know? <laughs> so, you know, because you have, you know, where people will say, you have to merit it exactly this way. And I'm like, not really, you know? what may work for one may not work for somebody else (laughs) yeah that's a key thing too like you said what may work for somebody one person may not work for the other one because I know that does I'm guilty of that watching like well this person did something this way so I need to do it that way and then some people are well you need to do this and you need to do that and I'm like 
I don't know. I think about it. I pray about it and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it's always good to have a framework, but to try to emulate someone's play-by-play, it doesn't really give God the room to move like you want them to. So, Yeah. So what is the one takeaway that you have for the audience and where can they find your, you on social media and your books? Okay, so uh, one takeaway, this is something I always say to everyone I encounter, um, and it's just a reminder because it started with me. I always tell myself this too. Uh, your life has purpose. Your voice has value. Embrace the greatness within. And I tell myself that every day. Um, and so I always pass that on as a nugget for everyone else. And um, you can find me on my website at www.lifewithtashaw.com. And there you'll be able to purchase my books as well. Um, an autograph copy, because if you order them from Amazon, they will be autographed. So order them for me, they'll be autographed. And a nice little message. Um, and then I'm also on uh, Instagram, lifewithtashaw underscore um and facebook i have a facebook group uh tasha w messenger vote okay and so um i thank you for i thank you for being willing to be on this podcast and to be willing to share your story and i know it's gonna touch so many people that do get to hear it and receive it and um i will have all your information down in the show notes so people be able to just click on it and they'll take them directly to it i try to make things as easy <laughs> as possible <laughs> for people but i do thank you again for um being willing to interview with me and i know there's there is more coming with this because god did already tell me that through this conversation <laughs> so um, yes <laughs> and i'm excited for what you know for what is to come but I thank you all. Thank you once again. And always, you guys, um, all her information will be down in the show notes. And always remember to have encouragement for it. And don't feel free to reach out anytime if you need any encouragement, prayer, and just to have a word or somebody to talk to. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Encouragement Forward podcast. I pray that this episode has blessed you beyond measure. I pray that it has encouraged you to want to share your story or testimony so that someone else can receive encouragement too, so they can see how God has t- brought you through this tough season. Also, if you are a female, check out the Encouragement Sisterhood Conference. This is a virtual conference that will be happening March the 11th through the 12th. I will have a link down in the bio so you can get your ticket so you can receive encouragement as well as focus on your mental health and see that there is togetherness and you are not alone. God bless you. God keep you. Remember, God loves you. I love you and always have encouragement for it.